0: my when bus with my
1: Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. welcome into the DnVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group I'm Henry Chisholm and uh, today we are talking about the quarterbacks and uh, I'm pretty excited to get into that we got a bit of a rundown yesterday from carl durell um i'm excited i'm excited to talk about it i have a whole bunch of thoughts um we're gonna get to those and some other things uh the big news though just in the last couple of minutes we learned that boulder county health is happy with the plan that the buffs have submitted for their fall practices Sounds like everything's going to be good to go Friday. That information comes from Brian Howell of the Boulder Daily Camera. Uh, so, yeah, uh, camp starts tomorrow. Still don't have word from the Bay Area School, Stanford and Cal. Um, but uh, Justin Wilcox said on the call yesterday that he expected to get clearance either today or yesterday. So, a couple hours left. I guess it's what? It's 3 o'clock there, so... We'll see what happens, whether they're able to start practice tomorrow as they wanted to. Uh, Before we get into the stuff we're talking about today, I do want to say just a little bit more about Green Mountain Dental Group, which is a super convenient place to go get whatever you need done to your teeth um, because it is located just 15 minutes away from downtown Denver in Lakewood. Uh, It's a family-owned dentistry, huge Colorado sports fans. Support them because they support us here at DNVR and because they're actually really good with what they do as well. Uh, Lindsay, our sales director at DNVR went out there a couple of months ago to get her teeth cleaned and said that it was literally the best experience she's ever had with a dentist. And uh, also if you go out there and schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you can get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's a great deal. Uh, those things are worth a nice chunk of change, so you might as well get out there and take advantage of that deal. Again, Green Mountain Dental Group will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. So take advantage of that. All right. Um, I didn't really plan the order. Let's start with this. Um I was thinking a lot about what we talked about yesterday on the uh, call. Sorry, there's a tweet. Okay, nothing big, just more about that health plan that Carl Durell got out there. Um, yeah, so we talked yesterday on the call, though, about black coaches. It was one of the big topics. Uh, I can't remember who was asking But somebody who's a national reporter and is obviously writing a story about it asked most or maybe all of the black coaches in the Pac-12, there are four of them, Herm Edwards at Arizona State, Kevin Sumlin at Arizona, uh, Jimmy Lake at Washington, and, of course, Carl Durrell at the University of Colorado. Uh, She asked all of them about a study that came out in the last couple of weeks that basically says... Given the same level of experience, black coaches are less likely to get opportunities as head coaches. Um, You know, there's plenty of other data out there about the odds of a black coach getting a second chance. You know, you see a white coach get hired, things don't go well. Three years later, they get fired. In that same situation, white coaches are significantly more likely to get second chances. I mean, you can look at Carl Durrell as a guy who had his first chance end in 2007 and got his second chance in 2020 13 years later and that took is that 13 yeah that took a lot of time in the NFL just to get one more opportunity as a head job as a head coach um the numbers back all that stuff up the eye test backs it up a couple of the coaches even said uh obviously like we don't even need a study. You can look around her Edwards told some awesome stories. Uh, are they awesome? I'm not sure um, about being in the NFL in 1977, his first year as a coach in the NFL, him and Tony Dungy being two of the seven black coaches anywhere in the NFL, not just as head coaches at any position um, in the NFL, only 28 teams at the time. And they were both just kind of in their first year getting into it. And it's crazy because then right there you see, well, I don't know who the other five coaches who were black who were coaching in the NFL in 1977 were. But I do know that two of them wound up being Hall of Famers. And it actually is Herm. I don't think Herm is a Hall of Famer. Tony's a Hall of Famer. Herm would not be now that I think of it. I really like him, though. He's obviously a great football coach. You don't coach this long unless you are. Um, but it does kind of go to show just how high the standards are, how good you have to be to get those opportunities, especially back then. Um, I just love listening to Herm Edwards talk because he has just so much information, so much experience. Um, where I'm going with all this, though, is that there is one black coach in the NFL, who is due to get a job as a head coach here in the next few months. Um, Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator with the Chiefs. And there are a bunch of things I have to say about that. First of all, you look at the success. Um, you, you can look at the papers that say, okay, Here's the yards per play that the Chiefs' offense has had. Here's how many points they're putting up. Um, All the different stats. You know, the the fact that they've won a Super Bowl is a good stat. (laughs) You know, it's pretty easy to make the case that the Chiefs' offense is pretty good. And so their offensive coordinator should probably get an opportunity that a little bit tougher job, being a head coach, seeing if he can replicate the success somewhere else. Um, You know... Not only can you look at all of the stats that say obviously the Chiefs offense is really good, not only does common sense say, well, duh, it's the Chiefs offense, Um, but even just passing the eye test. If you want to say, well, Patrick Mahomes is really good, maybe some of that is the coaching, maybe some of that is him just being really good at football naturally ignore Patrick Mahomes ignore Tyree killing all the weapons and just look at what is happening out there. Look at the different motions that you have before the snap, the, the different ways that they use tight ends use running backs. And of course it does take having good tight ends to make any of that stuff happen. But when you just watch what they are doing on offense and look at all the misdirection and look at how hard Eric B and Eric or Andy Reid make it to, uh, be successful to stop this offense you have to be really impressed and if obviously cliff kingsbury uh, a coach who couldn't get a head coaching job at the power five level who's able to get one at the nfl level somehow if you're willing to take a chance on him because of that offensive mind you have to look at what eric b does and uh say he deserves a shot um The reason I bring it up, though, is because it's been something that I've been thinking a lot about um, even before yesterday because when the Buffs head coaching job came open, I wasn't sold on him. You know, I was against the Buffs trying to bring him in. Um, I'm not sure if I was wrong, but there's a real chance that I was. Um... You know, we talked a lot about the, the, the reasons that you wouldn't bring in Eric Biennemi. You know, the incident with the parking person at uh, on campus. You know, all of the tougher stories that came out about Eric Biennemi. You know, he was banned from CU's campus for a bit while he was in the NFL. Um, the more I think about it, though, and, and it's not just about Biennemi, but other coaches. The stories you hear about other coaches... Um, who I think are still on their path toward being a head coach. You can't tell me that there isn't a great head coach who's had anger outbursts. You know, that's even like something that has become one of the qualities that you have with most head coaches. You know, you look at the stereotypical head coach and it's this big angry guy. It's like, of course, at some point, that guy got in trouble for it. Of course, at some point, he crossed the line. You know, at, at some point... Would you be surprised to hear that Mike Ditka or Bill Parcells or Jim Mora, or one of those just gritty, Bill Cower one of those gritty coaches, angry coaches at some point, like threw stuff in his office, broke stuff in his office. Like, it's just kind of what happens. You know, it, it kind of comes with the territory and then you throw in the fact that it was all 20-something years ago. I don't know. I, I do think that it's still obviously tougher for Eric B.M.E. to come, become a head coach at Colorado than with an NFL team. I still think that that's true just because of the history and because you will have people bring that up. Whether those people are right or wrong, I'm not so sure about because it was so long ago. And there's the whole, like, you give guys second chances and – He's proven that he can be a good coach and that he, he is well-liked. And there aren't a whole lot of other negative stories out there other than things that happened back in the early nineties when he was still in his early twenties. I don't know, but something that I've been thinking a lot about and you know, the more I think about it, the more I think like Eric B should be at the top of everybody's list. And I think that he probably is going into this off season, but with everything that's going on, it is worth keeping an eye on because this has been kind of the narrative across football, I mean, forever. You know, if, if it's a problem now, if racism is a problem at the top levels in the NFL now, it surely was 30, 40, 50 years ago um, when there are even more tangible examples. I don't know, just something I was thinking about. Eric Bieniemy should be an NFL head coach. He probably should be already. It should have been after last season that he got a job. Is it because he's black? I don't know. But I don't know. There is certainly an example of something that was a big topic yesterday um, on that Zoom call that is related to the Buffs and something we're paying attention to. Um, So I figured I'd throw that out there. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery is a great place to uh, get a beer. Uh, You can go down to the Farmhouse, which is on the Breckenridge Brewery campus in Littleton. So good. Um, It's where I learned what charcuterie is, um, which is pretty cool. I really recommend their food. It is really good. I, I don't go to a lot of restaurants that serve nice food. And so I'm not sure how exactly the full spectrum works. You know, I typically like, if I'm not eating at home, I'm probably eating fast food or I'm eating at the DMVR bar or at Blake Street Tavern. Those are kind of places I don't branch out much. So to me, the food at the farmhouse in Littleton is kind of like the best that there is, um, because I don't really know how much further the spectrum goes past the farmhouse, but I do know that the farmhouse is just like, you know, a, a little bit, it, I don't even know what to call it. Um, and also like, I do really love the DMVR bar in Blake Street Tavern. So don't take this the other way, but um, good food, really recommend it. I wish I had better words um, to explain it. I guess I could just say charcuterie a bunch of times. And the fact that they made me learn what that word is should be worth something to you. Um, Oh, Broncos game just got moved from Sunday to Monday. Weird. Weird stuff. What does that mean for me? I have no idea. But I'm curious. Um, Sorry. Back to focus. Maybe I just don't even need to see those notifications. Oh, one other notification. Um, apparently the buffs, no, we got to save this cause I have more to say. We got to finish this ad. Um, Breckenridge Brewery, great food at the farmhouse, great beer in 36 different States. Use the beer locator on the website. It'll tell you exactly where you should go and, uh, just make sure you actually do it because it is very, very, very good stuff. Uh also want to give a shout-out to the most realistic golf game that you can play on your phone. Um, over 20 million people are playing World Golf Tour. WGT is not only the most popular golf game in the world, it's also the official gaming partner of DNVR. It has become so popular that we've had to open a third DNVR clubhouse. Each clubhouse holds 250 people, so if you don't want to feel left out anymore, go download WGT and join the DMVR3 clubhouse by going to dnvrgolf.com. We host weekly tournaments with awesome giveaways, so make sure that you're signed up to win easy money and easy DMVR swag. Again, over 20 million players. You can play it from the comfort of your couch or anywhere on the go. You're, there are plenty of of game modes include close to the hole or match play or whatever you want uh there's actually a top golf game mode uh there are courses like pebble beach and bethpage black st andrews Bandon dunes wolf creek so many more uh, plus you can play with virtual golf equipment from your favorite brands including Titleist, callaway ping taylormade and so many more so go to dmvrgolf.com and download wgt golf today okay um Real quickly, because I don't really have many thoughts about this, except that it's pretty wild. Apparently, according to Adam Tiger of two f- 24-7 Sports, uh, well, here's the tweet. Cleared for takeoff. Hashtag CU Buffs will stay at a hotel near the facilities for at least the first two weeks of camp in an attempt to create a mini bubble and monitor the player's exposure to outside contacts. Oh boy. That's uh that's an interesting one. The buffs are going to be staying in a hotel for two weeks. Um, it makes sense in terms of trying to not let them get sick and create their little bubble. And I'm sure that that helped um, get approval from Boulder County. Does it make sense financially? I could not tell you, and I am not, good with money anyway. So my words probably aren't worth all that much. Pretty crazy. Um, interested to see what the takes are. Seems like a good idea if you can afford it. And I don't have access to any of the information that would let me know if they can afford it. How much does a hotel cost? So, I mean, you probably put, let's start with this. Let's just call it at a bulk rate in a pandemic. Can you get it down to $75 a room? Sure. Let's, let's just say $75 a room, which might be optimistic. I'm not really sure. I guess that it's a decently nice hotel. I'm not really sure. Best case scenario, $75. Um, say two in a room. Say there's 100 players on the team. So 50 rooms. So that's $3,700 a day times two weeks. So times 14 that's $50,000 about that seems like best case scenario. It's a lot of money. I don't know in the grand scheme of college football, if that counts as a lot during a pandemic, but uh, I don't know. Interesting to say the very least. What I really want to talk about right now though, is quarterbacks. Um, And I think I'm ready to say No, Am I ready to give my take on who I want? I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm confident. Here's what we know. Um, uh, So yesterday, again, we heard from Carl Durrell, and he had a lot of great things to say about Brendan Lewis. Um, For those of you who haven't been paying attention to this podcast until right now, as we're getting ready to start the season, um, three quarterbacks in the battle. Sam Neuer is the senior. He was going to transfer after last year. And actually, last year he played safety because he wound up likely, I'm assuming, finishing outside of the top three in the quarterback battle, making him the fourth string, making him not going to play. And so he switched to safety. After the season, entered the transfer portal, was going to go try to find a place to go play some quarterback. Well... Turns out, there's a new coaching staff, and Carl Durrell was able to convince him to stay and compete for this job. He'll be competing with two other quarterbacks. Uh, First, Tyler Lytle, who is going to be a junior this year, but in a season that doesn't count, he could still play two more seasons after this season, meaning he really wouldn't be a stopgap. Honestly, maybe Sam Neuer shouldn't be called a stopgap either because you get him next year anyway. Um, if that's where you want to go, um, Tyler, like I said, has been in the program a couple of years, doesn't have a reputation for being super mobile, but then we saw some stuff over the summer, including, uh, his top time or his speed, making it onto like the top speeds chart that the buff strength staff was pushing out on Twitter occasionally over the course of the summer. Um, Apparently, he's fast. I think he clocked in over 20 miles an hour, um, which changes what I thought I knew about him. And, uh, yeah, big arm type, um, big quarterback, seems like somebody would want to push it downfield, has been in the program a few years. That's what you need to know um brendan lewis is the third quarterback he's a true freshman which means he could actually play five years as a starting quarterback which is pretty crazy if you start him in 2020 he could also start your 2024 season for you um that's a perk he's a four-star recruit he's a dual threat um fast very strong Carl said yesterday that he's already set most of the strength records, most of the weight room records for quarterbacks for the Buffs program. So that's pretty crazy as an 18-year-old. And here's what else Carl Durrell said about him when asked. Uh, He said, He's an extremely talented kid, a tremendous athlete, has a really good arm. His challenge, like most people in their first year will be picking up our system, being able to perform it in a timely manner and understand it. Uh, he said he wanted um, him to kind of take ownership of it. Um, he said that, uh, what was the other piece? Oh, he said that his arm was as good as anybody else that is in this quarterback competition. So where do we go from there? Um, also heard um, that, Let's see, when was this? So we talked to him Wednesday. So I think it was Tuesday that Carl Durrell was talking on Pac-12 Network, I believe. And Justin Guerrero uh, of Rivals tweeted out the quote, um, essentially saying that Brendan could have some packages this year. Um, The full quote, which I guess I should probably pull up um, since we're talking about this. Let's see. Um... Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. There it is. Uh, So it was on Pac-12 Network, he said. He's got a little bit further to go just because college football is so new to him compared to Tyler and Sam, who have been in the program. We think he's going to have a very bright future. He's just a very young player. But he's very strong, he's athletic, and maybe we'll create some things for him as we go about the season. That, uh... That intrigues me. Um, Don't put him on the field if he isn't ready. That's where we have to start. Starting him just because he has the most stars and because he could be here the longest is not how you win football games. The Buffs need to win some football games. You don't need to throw somebody out there just because he's young. That's my first thought, and that's why uh, at this point I think the best call would be to put Tyler Lytle out there now there are some caveats first of all uh for example brendan lewis hasn't even played one practice let alone like a game of college football but he hasn't even gone to like a practice a college football practice so we don't have all that much information about him nobody has all that much information about him um and it is too soon to really be picking sides here but you know in the sake of content, I'm I'm going to kind of say where I'm at and what I'm hoping to see. Um, I think Tyler Lytle makes the most sense. He's been around. He's built chemistry. We've already heard uh, Katie Nixon talk about the chemistry that's developed between him and Tyler Lytle because they came into the program at the same time. I think that it'd just be so easy to put him out there. Especially because we've now heard what we've heard about the possibility of putting Brendan in there situationally. This is a trend that you are seeing in football now. You know, the Saints doing a lot of it, the New Orleans Saints bringing in Taysom Hill. Um, now the Eagles are kind of bringing in Jalen Hurts, not having as much success with it, but Hurts is a rookie and that entire team is a dumpster fire. So. I do think that there is a very smart way that you could bring Brendan in. Do you bring him in just for option type packages? But he can throw too. I think it's a nice change of pace. At the very least, I think it gives you something to go to when the offense you want to run isn't working. And I think that the offense that you probably want to run is uh, running the ball a whole lot, feeding the running backs that uh, Carl Durrell said that he was pretty happy with yesterday on the call, and... Um, behind an offensive line that he said is probably the deepest unit on the group. Maybe the biggest strength. I, I mean, it was a question I asked, like what is the biggest strength? And, um, he s- wanted to talk about that offensive and defensive line, um, which makes a lot of sense to me, you know, but then you say that and you say, well, if you're going to be running the ball a lot, why not turn a whole bunch of it into option plays, read option plays and, and give, a running quarterback, a chance to scare him another way. But I think that Tyler Lytle, again, having not seen these guys play too much, and that means that all of the outside opinions are not going to be good opinions, really, because there just isn't enough information. Stretching defenses deep is going to be so important. I think stretching defenses horizontally could also be very important You know, that's what the Chavarini offense, um, when we saw it, did. It may not have been all that successful. I know Bus fans don't remember his time as a coordinator overly fondly, at least the people I've talked to. Um, But... You know, he threw those little screens outside. Uh, Carl Durrell, West Coast offense, that's just built to stretch defenses horizontally. I think that you have the personnel to go deep with Daniel Arias, with KD Nixon, Dimitri Stanley running those seams. I think you can take advantage of some stuff there. If you can get that defense stretched deep, if you can keep two safeties back, then that'll open up the running lanes. It'll give you a lighter box to run into. If you're able to stretch a defense horizontally, that means you can just gash the defense right up the middle, which I think should be a strength of Colorado's. That entire offensive line, you should be able to run wherever you want with that offensive line. So I'm not sure that having a running offense and adding the option element, and this is assuming, you know, Brandon Lewis is the quarterback running this option portion of it gives you as much of an advantage as stretching the field vertically one and horizontally as a bonus if you have somebody who's you know, able to make those clinical-type throws underneath, read defenses quickly, and boom, 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 just work your way down the field that way. Um, it also means you have to have the arm strength to run to the sideline or, or to throw to the sideline, which is tough to do. There aren't a lot of college quarterbacks who are consistently successful there. That's where you see a lot of balls picked off. Um, it's like one of the NFL test throws is, can you throw out routes 10 yards downfield to the sideline without letting the cornerback get in front of the receiver? Carl said yesterday that Brandon has as good of an arm as any of the other quarterbacks which is a nice endorsement when it comes to that particularly because that is something where I thought that Tyler Lytle probably had a pretty significant leg up, again, even though we haven't really seen all that much of any of these quarterbacks. Downfield, I guess it's the same thing. So it turns into an accuracy question when it comes to being a quarterback and also, of course, decision-making for the passing game. So if you can get those passing elements, the passing success that keeps defenses balanced with Brendan on the field, then obviously that option stuff really helps out. And the ability to extend plays, too, Um, in the passing game as well, getting out of the pocket. um, Hopefully he's able to move around the pocket well. Um, He has the athleticism to do it. Does he have the feel for rushers coming from behind him or the, the feel for... I don't know, just feel for pressure in general, but also just like the mental clock people talk about. There's so many little things that you have to develop to be a good quarterback. Brendan Lewis might have half of them. He might have none of them. He might have all of them. Tyler Lytle, just because he's been at least on the practice field at a power five level for a few years, you'd think would be more honed in overall. Again, no guarantee though, and that's what makes everything so hard. Sam Neuer, uh, the reason I haven't spoken more about him is that, again, first of all, we just don't know much. Um, probably a better athlete than Tyler, although even that is a question mark at this point. Um, but also was the person who flipped to defense last year. Um, and that likely means that since the depth chart was Steven Montez 1, Tyler Lytle, two, and then Blake Stenstrom, three. Blake Stenstrom uh, is no longer with the program. It would make you think that if Sam Neuer flipped positions, he was at least behind Tyler Lytle. He wasn't the backup quarterback and was likely behind Blake Stenstrom as well. So he does seem like the underdog to me. Um but if if we're giving Tyler a bonus for being in the program, you have to give that same bonus to Sam Neuer. And everybody has things click at a different time. Maybe he is enough of a veteran presence that that will help him move past whatever deficiencies he had that altered the depth chart before last season. So where I stand right now, It does seem like with the information we've gotten, some of it, that that information that we just got a couple days ago that Justin tweeted um, when Carl was talking to the Pac-12 network that Brendan doesn't seem like he's totally ready. And again, there's still a full month for him to get ready. Uh, And the information that I mean, of of course, you haven't had a, a full fall camp. You don't have any spring practices, which he came to Boulder early so that he could be a part of, which was part of the reason I thought he had a real shot to win the job in the first place. Obviously, those are gone. I just, it just seems like your best option is to put Tyler out there, but to also have packages for Brendan. You know, it it isn't, uh, well, you didn't let him develop, you didn't put him on the field. First of all, I don't like that argument in the first place, just assuming that it's good and will make you progress faster by playing a lot of the time it's true sometimes it is very not true um a lot of quarterbacks let's just let's look at the nfl level a lot of quarterbacks in their first year are pushed onto the field too early and they're hit a lot they don't really learn a lot they're just kind of beat up and seem like they're scared because they're playing in situations they aren't prepared to play in that is the worst thing you can do for a quarterback. That's how you break a quarterback. That's how you wind up with a Josh Rosen or, you know, even like a Dwayne Haskins at this point, who is thrown out there very early, hasn't been successful. Things aren't working, but you look at the talent and say, he should be a good quarterback. You know, he has all the tools to be a good quarterback. He's shown the ability to make good decisions, but at the same time, you know, he's what? He's 2 months younger than me. I just googled it. Um, no, 3 months younger than me. So he is 23 and a half. There's a real chance that just he is just not there yet. You know, and I think that you can do a lot of damage from playing by playing a quarterback too early, and I think what makes this even more likely to be a situation where you should start Tyler or Sam, if Sam fit proves to be the better option through um, this camp for whatever reason, is that you still can get Brandon on the field in the same way that the Eagles are getting Jalen Hurts on the field. They aren't asking a whole lot of him. They have a small package and say, okay, we need you to be able to run these 10 plays Effectively by week one, and we have four weeks to get you ready to do that. Here's how, here's what we need you to do we need you to be able to run this read option, these three RPOs, um, like a real triple option, and maybe a couple of just straight up passing plays on top of some handoffs. You know, you can build a package that is easily digestible for him while he's still learning everything else. And like he has been learning everything else about this offense um, since this new coaching staff was hired. Um, That's when he, he was on campus at the time and has been learning ever since. You know, I, I, the more I think about it, the more I think that that is what you want to do. Make it maybe a 90, 10 split between the winner of Tyler Lytle and Sam Neuer, I'm leaning Lytle just because he won the battle between those two last year to get that backup job and let Brendan only do the things he's good at. Don't challenge him to get better at the things that he isn't good at in those situations. Let him do that in practice. Let him get just a little bit better so that when you go out there, you say, you know what? I don't feel like I'm putting him in a situation where he's going to fail. And, Who knows? Maybe over the first two weeks of camp, he proves that he's capable of handling more than people anticipated. Um, And that would change a lot of things about how I think this should go. He needs to be the best quarterback with the best grasp of how to play college football, though, for me to be comfortable starting him. Um, instead of just working him in. In the same way we kind of saw Arizona work Grant Ganell in last year, and now, boom, he's somebody who everybody's really excited about this year. Um, I don't know. Those are my thoughts on the quarterbacks right now. I'm curious what you guys think about them, um, just because I do think that it is a – it's it's gonna be tough, and Carl said that it's gonna be tough yesterday because he's he's obviously like essentially no other coach has ever had to uh, piece all of this together within four weeks. You know, decide who your quarterback is, and then build everything. Um. All right, uh, we do have a question to get to uh, from a couple days ago. Let's see, this is from Michael Harrison, who says Dear Hammer and Hank, I'm so sorry for being woefully behind on these pods, but I'm finally caught back up. Wanted to ask a couple of different things. First, in the receiver breakdown, I didn't hear much mention of Brendan Rice. Is it safe to assume he's going to be redshirting this year? And if so, given this year is kind of a wash because of the scheduling, should you also redshirt Lewis or anyone else? to keep some guys around longer. Okay, so uh, we've talked about this a little bit, but this year doesn't count for eligibility for anybody across all of college sports, or I guess all fall college sports. So I think you're going to see Brendan Rice. I think that you're going to see him play kick team at the very least, let him run down the field and tackle somebody, and whether his role grows from there is kind of TBD. I think that there's a chance that we'll see him play some receiver. We don't really know what this offense is going to look like yet. You know, last year they did rotate the receivers quite a bit and consistently get probably five guys on the field, Um, four guys on the field at the very least. So, I would expect to see some rotations. I would expect to see probably five, six guys make it. You know, the top two, uh, Katie Nixon and Dimitri Stanley, maybe not top two in terms of their top two receivers this year, but top two in terms of being guys who you are confident will be a part of the plan. You know, I think Daniel Arias has a real chance to be uh, one of the top two receivers, or maybe even the number one receiver. But... He's got to go out and prove that he has the new offense down and that you trust him to put him out there. And if he does that, then he'll be right in there. So so then all of a sudden you have three. That's where things really open up. Jalen Jackson has been used almost exclusively in the slot. Dimitri Stanley is going to take most of those snaps, and I guess that they'd probably want to use KD in the slot when they can't put Dimitri on when Dimitri needs a rest or knock on wood is banged up or whatever. I guess if he were to miss a full game, I would expect to see Jalen Jackson filling quite a bit in the slot. Um, Maurice Bell could be due for a breakout. Um, Brendan Rice is probably right up behind him. Maybe Brendan and Vontae Chenault right there together. Vontae, again, had the DUI over the summer. How does that impact his... Um, availability, I'm not really sure. There isn't much of a precedent set so far because Carl Durrell is a new head coach. Um, I would guess that he doesn't play the first game. I don't really know. I don't know how he's going to handle it. Um, What else is there? Um, I know I'm missing some guys. Uh, Maybe it's more freshmen. It could be more freshmen at this point. Just running through the depth chart, or I guess not depth chart, but uh, the roster, guys we haven't named are Montana Lamonius Craig, Chris Carpenter, Jake Groth, Clayton Baca, Alex Smith, and Keith Miller. Keith Miller and Chris Carpenter, Montana Lamonius Craig being freshmen. I don't know. We'll see how it shakes out. Um I think you do see, Brendan Rice will play some receiver. I think Brendan Rice will play more receiver than Vontae Chenault did last year. I can say that pretty confidently. Um, Shorten the season, though. I guess, hmm, I was kind of thinking 12-game season. At some point, somebody gets banged up and and he gets on the field. I don't know. We just don't really know. Um, But he is a physical specimen, so that should help. Second, given the COVID situation, the Buffs aren't going to College Station against the Aggies. Do you think that if non-conference games are played next year, will the AM and games still be played in Denver? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I would guess that um, the AM game will still be played in Denver, but they'll probably reschedule the uh, road a game to some other time. Um... Probably like whatever the first year is that they both have an open spot. Um, yeah. Sure. Um, lastly is more of a fun question. What are your three bucket list college football stadiums? You want to see a game in for me, it's a game at camp Randall stadium, seeing a game at college station, and then going to Virginia tech. Thanks as always. Hank's go Um, that's a tough one. You know, Watching college football this year has been weird because nobody's in the stadiums. Um, And I was kind of thinking when watching that Florida game, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, the Swamp, uh, that that did look like a really cool place. And almost like seeing it empty, you really want to see it full honestly and when you see it i think that's what it is uh it's just like you see it look like that and you're just like you gotta get there um i don't know uh that's tough so the, so number one i would go or maybe not my number one but one of the three would be florida um if i hadn't gotten to see oregon last year see ottson i think that might be on it i don't know if i would have realized it would have been on it if i hadn't been there though but that is a very incredible uh, environment. Um, not to be like a Pac-12 homer, but the Coliseum and the Rose Bowl are right up there. I won a scholarship when I was in college and got like to go out to L.A. for a bit. It was a really cool thing, and I met some really cool people in sports media Um there were like a lot of ESPN ties, and there were a lot of cool ESPN people. But I wound up getting like a tour of LA for one of the days, and didn't get inside the Memorial or the Coliseum and the, or the uh, the Rose Bowl. And so being outside of them did make me really want to see a game. And so I think for that reason, those two would be on the list. Um, Camp Randall's a great one though. Um, the Big House is a great one. Bryant Denny Stadium. Um, there are just so many options. Uh okay. If, if I had to pick, uh, the the problem is like UCLA just kind of ruins the Rose bowl by being so bad. And so I'll take that one. Uh, If I could go for the Rose bowl. But that seems like cheating to take the postseason game. Let's keep them. Let's keep both the L.A. stadiums. Um, instead of the Swamp, I'm going to say... Bryant Denny. Bama. I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to be picking based on like what you get to see when you're there. But watching Bama play a football game is just like... I don't know. I feel like I should see Nick Saban coach one of these teams at some point, you know? It's really hard, though. It is really hard. There are so many. Um, yeah. I guess that's probably it. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, if you guys have any questions, uh, you can go leave them on the post for today's show at ddmvr.com. Um, Click on the podcast tab and then buffs and then boom, all of them are right there. And you just go to the most recent one, leave a comment. I'll get to those tomorrow. Um, your thoughts on any of the things I said or any questions that you want me to answer. Um, nothing off limits. So, yeah. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the DMVR Buffs podcast. And I will see you then.
0: I think I like my Colorado Spades. I think they like. I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag yeah. is pushing 180. Speeding competence competition. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado army with soldiers like the navy yeah. and is where we stationed patiently awaiting when I hit the. So hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you're afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna get hit you. Hit you. Hit, you. hit you. Hey. Hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And when you're playing with you, you can get it anytime. Yeah. It's At the I team. think they like my Colorado sway. cause when I'm in it, play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it, go, you know I'm acting bad. Holla, get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. Man, not swear, I think they like my Colorado sway. Have you. we got <laughs> My Colorado Sway, cause when I'm in it play I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad Holly, get a bus with my Colorado Sway My Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway I think they like, I think they like my Colorado Sway My Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado Sway